Hi, I'm Pastor Chris with Pure Church in Fort Pierce, Florida. We're so excited for you to join us for our family series called My House, where pastors Nick and Misty discuss the foundations of a family in Christ. They discuss marriage, children, vision, and much more. Hope you all enjoy the series. Father, we thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for your word. And Father, I thank you as Misty and I share truth out of your word, God, that it it washes the heart, it cleanses the heart, it sets the captive free. Yes, Lord. Father, I thank you for your wisdom today. And I pray that as we share your wisdom, Lord, that you're going to show people things that they can do to turn things around in their households. Yes. To see unity and your blessing in their homes. In the mighty name of Jesus. Mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, amen. And today we are going to be talking about raising godly children. And, Whoop. you know, that is a blessing. God has given you the ability to produce fruit and to impact this world with the children that he is giving you. If you're a grandparent in this place or, you know, your children are grown, it's okay. You've got grandkids or grandkids coming. You know, you can, yeah. Sorry, dude. <laughs> like, no, no grandkids. That's okay. And, you know, what's great is that they can call you and be like, I don't know what to do with the kids. And you can, you can lay that godly foundation right in them and tell them what to do. Amen. If you don't have kids, you're welcome to come to Club Pure. Yep. We have 400 children every single day that you can, you can practice loving. Yes. <laughs> you, can, you can practice patience. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. So let's read Psalm 127, 3 through 5. If you have your Bibles, yes. go ahead and open your Bibles. Do you guys need more light out there? Or this is like good? one of my favorite scriptures. I know. I don't know. How is, it, how is this on the camera? It's good now because you put the lights on? Oh, okay. Yeah, they had the other city, and I'm like, I don't want that city. I need Fort Pierce. We're in Fort Pierce. That's the city that God told us to reach. We need Fort Pierce behind us. So we're waiting, on, we're waiting for the wave. You see? We're just like out there waiting for the wave to come in. <laughs> this joy in the house of the Lord. All right, so open your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. I know, that's a weird word, right? Are we going with Deuteronomy? Yeah, I feel like reading it first. Get the long scripture out of the way, knock some people out. So Deuteronomy uh, chapter 11 verse 1 says, You must love the Lord your God and obey all His requirements, laws, regulations, and commands. Listen! Exclamation point. Mm. I'm not talking now to your children who have never experienced the discipline of the Lord your God or seen His greatness and awesome power. So he's not talking to our kids right now, even though we're talking about children. We're talking about you. Everybody Take your finger, point me. it at yourself, say, he's talking to me. Talking to me. So those people who think, oh, my husband should be here to hear this, or no, we're talking to you. They weren't there to see the miraculous signs, wonders he performed in Egypt against Pharaoh and all his land. They didn't see what the Lord did to the armies of Egypt and their horses and their chariots, how he drowned them in the Red Sea as they were chasing you, how he has kept them devastated to this very day. They didn't see how the Lord cared for you in the wilderness until you arrived here. They weren't there to see what he did to Dathan and Ab that guy, Abiram. You know, I wish they could just have normal names. 
Those were normal back then. Yeah, I know, babe, but they're not normal to me. <laughs> when the earth opened up and swallowed them along with their households and tents and everything, every living thing that belonged to them. But you have seen all the Lord's mighty deeds with your own eyes. Anybody seen God do any amazing things in your life? Yes. Therefore, be careful to obey every command I'm giving you today so you may have enough strength to go in and occupy the land you're about to enter. If you obey, you will enjoy a long life in the land the Lord God swore to give you and your ancestors and to you and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. That's being in a place of overflow in, in the blessing of God. For the land you're about to enter and occupy is not like the land of Egypt from which you came, where you planted your seed and dug out irrigation ditches with your, with your foot as in a vegetable garden. It is a land of hills and valleys with plenty of rain, a land that the Lord your God cares for. He watches over it day after day throughout the year. If you carefully obey all the commands I'm giving you today, and if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and if you worship Him, then He will send the rains in their proper season so you can harvest crops of grain, grapes for wine, and olives for oil. He will give you lush pasture lands for your cattle to graze in, and you yourselves will have plenty to eat. Everybody say plenty. Plenty. See, God wants to bless you to the point of overflow. People don't believe that God wants to bless you right here in the mm -hmm. Bible. It comes with honoring and obeying God. The blessing of God includes material things. Yes. And God wants, doesn't want you to be limited or have lack. He wants you to have overflow mm -hmm. so that you will have more than enough and you're able to be a blessing to other people. Verse 16, warning. But do not let your heart turn away from the Lord to worship other gods. If you do, the Lord's anger will burn against you. He will shut up the sky and hold back the rain, and your harvest will fail. Then you will quickly die in that good land the Lord is now giving you. So commit yourselves completely to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands as a reminder and wear them on your forehead. Verse 19. Teach them to your children. Right? So what the Lord wants you to do is raise godly children. Right? Godly grandchildren. God wants us to make sure that the children we're raising in our centers have a godly foundation, that they know God. And how are we going to do this? He says, teach my laws and my commands, statutes to your children. Tell your children about the mighty miracles and things that I've done yes. in your life. Yes. Right? When you sit around and tell stories about the good things that God has done, when should you talk about these things? Talk about them when you're at home, when you're away on a journey, when you're lying down, when you're getting up again. Write them on the doorposts of your households and on your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Mm. So here in the Bible, God is giving instruction to Israel on how you're supposed to raise your children, right? And that's what we want to talk about today. How do you raise your children to be godly mm. children, right? Yeah. We don't want to just raise kids that are rebellious and have no impact in this life. We want to raise kids that are godly, that know God, and that are going to leave a mark in this world. Yes. They're going to do great things for the kingdom of God. And so Missy and I today want to share some things out of the Bible concerning this. 
right? And I want to make sure that they get the principle of what you're reading. Yeah. Because what it's saying is if you're not going around telling your testimony, if it's not coming out of your mouth on what God is doing for you, how will your children ever know what God is doing? They're, they're going to want to know what, what is this God doing for you? You know, and if we're constantly complaining and nagging and negative at home, that's not the testimony of what God has done for you. Because there's so many things, you know, people in general want to watch the news to see all the bad stuff that's happening. They never, they never display all the good that's happening, right? Well, we tend to do that too. We talk about all the negative stuff that's happening, all the turmoil that's happening, all the crap that's going on in our own lives, but we forget to talk about the blessings of what's happening too. And we got to talk more about the blessings of what God is doing than all the other stuff. Because if you start turning your focus on the blessings, you're going to realize that God's blessings outweigh all of the other stuff that's happening in your life. And your kids need to hear from your mouth the testimony of what God is doing for you. That way, they want to serve the God you serve. You know, parents, you have such a power of influence over your kids. Grandparents, you have even more influence over your children. Because you let them get away with murder. <laughs> and so in raising kids and grandkids, if you will tell them the stories about how great and how big your God is. Yes. You will tell them stories of how days you were in need and how God provided. The mm. days that you were sick and how God healed you. The days when you were discouraged and God sent somebody to encourage you. The day mm. that you needed money and finances to do something. You start telling the stories of how God provided and how God came through for you. It gets your kids to want to know about God, right? And that, that is the best way for parents to start raising their kids. You know, you don't, as a dad or a mom, you don't need a degree, a theological degree, to be able to raise your kids in the things of God. It's as mm. simple as sharing the testimonies about what God has done in your life. If you will read the Bible and obey the Bible, you're going to see God do great and mighty things for you, right? And many people feel like they're not well equipped to raise godly kids. But if you have a relationship with God and you start sharing the stories that God has done through you and for you, it's going to make an impact in their lives. And another thing that, that I like to do is when my kids want something and you know we don't either have the money right now in the budget to buy it, Right? It doesn't mean that they cannot have those things. You can put them down on a prayer list, and we can pray. Like, I remember Paige, a couple, maybe a year ago or so, she wanted a keyboard. She wanted to start learning the keyboard. She mm. wanted to start playing the keys. And so we went to the music store or whatever, and we were looking at some of the keyboards, and they were 800 bucks, 900 bucks, 1,000 bucks, and up, right? And, yeah. you know, Paige doesn't... She wants something nice, so it's not going to be no cheap uh, keyboard, like, piano. Yeah, like not one of those like couple hundred dollar ones that's like, you know, she wants weighted, weighted keys. keys. She wants all the stuff to play with. She wants, you know, a real keyboard, a real... So, you know, she, she had quite a bit of money in her account, but I said, listen, Paige, let's not take all the money that's in your bank account right now and buy a keyboard. Why don't we pray and ask God to provide one for you? And she said to me, it's impossible. That's what came out of her mouth. She's like, God's not going to give me a keyboard. <laughs> a week later, I walked in with a keyboard in the house. I wrestled an alligator for it, but I got it. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the story of how I got it, but I had to wrestle it out of the mouth of an alligator, right? 
And I rolled that keyboard into the house, unzipped it, and I said, and God cannot provide. And, and how and expensive was this keyboard? Yeah, it's like it used $1,600 keyboard. Yeah. Right? Knew how much, you think? I don't know, three, four $4,000. Exactly. So that day showed Paige that if you pray and believe God for things that you desire, you don't always have to go spend hundreds and thousands of dollars to get it now. If you will take a step back and pray and ask God, God can provide yes. the desires of your heart in due season. Yes. Amen. Use your faith. Can you say amen? amen? Because your faith in God, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The Bible says that when the Lord blesses you, he adds no sorrow to it. Yes. You know? And in that moment, we had an opportunity to teach her a principle that she can trust God and believe God for certain things, especially when it has to do with the direction of her life. Because right before that, I had a dream, and in the dream, God showed me Paige playing a keyboard. And I shared that dream, and it stirred in her to want to go get one, so God provided because of what he had for her. Mm. Right? Amen. And that's a really good example of sharing what the Lord has showed you in visions, sharing the testimony of what God's done, how he's broke us, how he's broke us free to certain areas of our life, and watching her now decide, okay, I'm going to try this the God way, the way that you've designed it, and watching her learn that principle. Now, that's something she's going to carry for the rest of her life. She's like, She'll I never know forget that I can believe God for anything, and he will give it to me if it's in his will because it's for his kingdom. Amen? You want to read Psalm 127? Oh, yes, because this is like one of my favorite scriptures. I have this. Chris made a sign on the thing, and um, this is so good. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in the warrior's hands. How joyful is a man is a man whose quiver is full of them, which means children are like tools. They're like, they're like weapons in your hands. So you just have to think of this. A lot of times we're like, oh, man, I want a baby. I just want a baby. <laughs> you know, and you get the Cuddle, baby, snuggle. and you're like, oh, I just love my baby. It's so. But that baby is a weapon. The Lord gave you that baby and gave you that child for a reason because you're going to shoot them into the world like an arrow and they're going to, wherever they land is going to make an impact. Now, he was saying they'll either make an impact or they don't make an impact. I believe they're going to make an impact. The question is, is what kind of impact are they going to make? Do you know what I mean? Are they going to make an impact for the enemy or are they going to make an impact for the Lord? Based on how you raise them, based on what you put in them is based of the impact they're going to make. So that's so powerful because so many times we just think about the now. We think about just giving our kids whatever. Let's just get, let's, let's just like sue them. Let's, let's do whatever. But you have to understand that disciplining your children in the right manner is what you have to do because it's not preparing them for now. It's preparing them for their future. It's preparing our world and our society for what's to come. They carry the DNA of our future. Proverbs 22, 6. <clears throat> Train up a child in the way they should go, and when he is old, they will not depart from it. Yes. Can you say amen? Amen. And then um, I want to also read Malachi 2, 15. I'll, I'll start reading at verse 13, just so that it's in context. But this is um, the priest getting rebuked, right, by the prophet. 
And in verse 13, he says, here is another thing you do. You cover the Lord's altars with tears, weeping and groaning, because he pays no attention to your offerings. And he doesn't accept them with pleasure. You cry out, why has the Lord abandoned us? And I'll tell you why. Because the Lord witnessed the vows you and your wife made to each other on your wedding day when you were young. But you have been disloyal to her, though she remained your faithful companion, the wife of your marriage vows. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife in body and in spirit? You are his. And this is the part that I want to get to. And what does God want from your marriage? What does he want? What is he looking for? He says, godly children from your union. Mm. So when, when you get married and have children, you have a responsibility before God as to what you're doing with those kids. Now, I know that we have a whole different lot of situations going on in, in the families here. And the last thing that we want you to walk out of these doors feeling is that you've been a failure in the eyes of God in raising your children. How many of you feel like you could have done better? Mm. Listen, Misty and I, we're ministers, right? And there's still times where we feel like we could have done better in different areas. Because yeah. as you grow in the things of God, you learn things and you gain understanding of things. And then you realize your mistake and you're willing to change your ways. Correct? But what I want you to know and understand is that um, don't feel beaten up today. Right? Yes. We're moving forward from this day. And from this day forward, we're going to make a commitment that we're going to do better. Can you say amen? Amen. And maybe we didn't do it perfectly with our kids, but we've got grandkids coming and we're going to do it better there. And yes. if we don't have grandkids, then we're going to help somebody else's kids. Can you say amen? Amen. And we can make up lost time. Yes. And you can pray over the, your children of the things, because God turns everything, all of our mistakes that we make, anything that we do, he turns everything around for our good. So he can turn anything. If he can turn you, he can turn them. Amen? So, so we're going to pray today. We're going to believe the Lord that he's going to turn things around in your kids' lives. And that from this day forward, we're going to see change in how we do things in our homes with our kids and our grandkids. Amen? Yes. Amen. So God is looking for us to raise godly children. Yes. And, you know, when we're raising godly children, we can't lead them somewhere we haven't gone. Amen? If we don't have the word in us, how are we going to raise them as godly children? You have to get full of the word. You have to decide, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dedicate my life to get the word in me. Because when you get the word in you, you can get the word in them. You know, then all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh, I have an answer. I have an answer to this problem right here. You know, the Lord gives you the supernatural wisdom that comes and you're like, oh, you got that attitude, honey. I know what the Bible says, and I know what I'm going to do about it. You know, and then they're like, no, dear God, I repent. I'm sorry. You know, that's what they start doing. You know, not too long ago, Paige tried me, and I was like. <laughs> you know, we don't have any Blade and Rising stories. Sorry. They're just Paige stories. <laughs> she's, she's the one that has got all the stories from a child and everything. We're like, Bob why offenses. you do that? Why did you do that? You know? So, you know, she was trying me one morning, and she already knows I'm, I've got this, this saying around my house. I'm like, you're, you know the difference between spoiled and blessed? And spo it's not how much stuff you have. It's your attitude. So if you are spoiled, you think everything's owed to you. Uh-huh, you better give that to me. 
I deserve it, blah, 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 whatever that is. But blessed is like, thank, I'm so, thank you so much. M mommy, thank you that you got me that. Wow, I really appreciate it. You, when somebody else gets blessed, you're not mad because you didn't get it. I test my kids on purpose. I'm like, I'm going to buy you this, and I'm not going to buy you that. Now, you have to be happy for that one to get blessed. I do that stuff on purpose. I set my children up to have those tests ahead of time so that when they see other people and friends getting blessed, they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy for you. You know, they have to understand what that principle is, right? But you can only lead your kids where you've gone. So you have to choose. This message, we're like, oh, well, it's just raising kids. I've done that, done that. But you know what? This is a message for you, too, because you can only teach people or anybody around you what you know. So you have to be willing to go to the places that you want to see your kids break free, free from. You want to see them break free, and you want to see them blessed, and you want to see them go to those places. You got to go to those places. Amen? Yeah, the principles of God work for everybody, for kids, yes. for adults, for grandparents. They are the same principles, right? And these are things that we need to learn and teach to our children. So as you're, even if it's not for your kids, you're learning discipline for yourself and applying these things to your life so that you can live in the land the Lord has given you and be mm -hmm. blessed. Yes, and you know what happens? Your kids, as they grow older, they turn it all back on you, which is a good thing, you know? Then you have to be humble. You know, I came home not that long ago and I did not want to cook dinner. I was like, oh. I was like throwing things around the kitchen and doing stuff. Pots. And Blade's like, Mom, your attitude. <laughs> I'm like, son, I didn't ask you about my attitude. And he's like, I'm just saying, your attitude. Like, if you don't want to do it, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I was like, never? Okay, okay. And I was like, oh, oh okay, my attitude is fixed. I'm ready to go. <laughs> You know, because in the moment of things, the kids start giving you the truths that you start sharing with them. They start living it out with you. So it's like you help each other. Amen? Well, I'll talk to the dads for a second, or I'll talk on this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 says, Fathers, and I guess mothers too, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Mm. Rather bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Um, a little, little side note here, you know, do not provoke your children to anger or do not exasperate your children. Do not irritate your children. Like on purpose on irritation. On purpose irritate your children by perpetual fault finding and discouragement. Yeah, how many in this room can be like, man, my, there's so many people that come to the altar, I don't want you to raise your hand. But they come to the altar and they're like, I never got approval from my parents. I was never good enough. My dad never made me feel like he was proud of me. I was one me. of those kids. You know, my mom never. Um, nothing was good know, enough. Nothing was ever good enough. You know, you, you, we have Your friends aren't people. good enough. Your girlfriend ain't good enough. The choices you make in life are not, are not good enough. They're never there to support anything that you want to do. They're not ready to help you, but they'll scream and shout at you and tell you what you must do. Yeah. Am I talking to anybody? Yeah. Now, when... When, when you deal with your kids in this manner, what ends up happening is you break their spirit. Mm. What you're doing is you're tearing them down and you're breaking their spirit where they're now discouraged and now they don't want to do anything. They become complacent, they become numb to life, and they start getting into rebellion mm. because yes. they're hurt, because they're angry, they feel rejected. Nothing I do is right. 
And then they start pressing for negative attention. Yes. And they become very disrespectful even to you because they're not going to respect someone who's always tearing them down. They don't understand respect because you have to, you have to earn, like you have to give your kids respect and then they give it back to you. You know what I mean? And if you find your kids are being disrespectful, you got to take a look of what you're speaking into them, what you're speaking over them. Amen. Um, not just that, but you also have to take a look at what you as parents are speaking over each other. You know, if, if he doesn't respect me, my children don't respect me. If I don't bring honor to him, they don't bring honor to him. They learn that because they mirror my behavior. Yeah, kids are going to, they're going to, the kids, they take what you do to the next level. Yeah. Your kids are going to glorify you. That means your kids are going to see what you do and they say, well, that's acceptable. And they're going to take it to the next level. Everybody with me? So if you start dropping F-bombs and cussing and throwing stuff around the house. Trust me, at Club Pier, they drop F-bombs. You got to hear three-year-old cuss a teacher out to the point where you're embarrassed. You, you see kids coming in talking perverted sexual things. Where are they picking this stuff up from? It's what they see in the household. Mm-hmm. Right? So if we're expecting our kids to live these godly lives, and we're expecting these kids to be arrows that we're going to shoot out into the world, family, it starts with us as parents saying, you know what, we're going to live godly lives. We're not going to be hypocrites and tell our kids to do things that we're not doing ourselves. And we're not going to try beat things out of our children that we see in ourselves. Which Amen. means it doesn't mean don't spank your children. We're going to get into discipline. Yeah, it means you have to be willing to make the changes in you because beating them as much as you want to or reading the word to them as much as you want to, if you're not living it, they're not going to live it. That's just how it goes. So, you know, there are things that you're living and you're doing and you've changed over and now you have to discipline them and you do have to spank them. Mainly, spanking happens when they're little. As they get older, you I'd like to see Misty spank, spank Blade at 17. No, it's not happening. I'll be like, give me your car. Give me you your know, phone. You know, he'd be like, yeah, just spank me, Mom. And I'd be like, no, <laughs> give me the car. <laughs> and your bank account and everything else you own. <laughs> you in my house. So <laughs> what we want to do is we want to raise our children. We want to discipline them and raise them up in the instruction that comes from the Lord. Mm. Can you say amen? So that means when you're getting ready to correct your child, you can't correct them in anger, right? We know that our kids can infuriate us. Anybody yes. ever been there, right? You're driving the car in the back seat. They're hitting each other. They're teasing each other. They're doing <laughs> that. You're able to talk on the phone, eat a sandwich, drive with your knees, and whack them in the back seat <laughs> all at the same time, right? The place we don't want to get to fly is, is when you're beating your child and I told you, you're spanking them on every syllable, right? That's not the place we want to be when we are correcting our children. But sometimes we get stirred up to that point where we want to deal with them. Can you say amen? I remember checking my bank account one night. Blade was five years old. He had just been given... Uh, 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 an iPod or one of the Apple devices, and I did not. We did not have parental controls at that time <laughs> concerning what you could purchase through your account. And Blade figured out my password. 
he spent $305 on coins so that he could beat his cousin in some stupid battle game online. And when his cousin asked him how he was beating him, he was like, no, I've just been playing. But he went and bought $305 in gems so that he could win a game. And when I saw my bank account almost going into the negative, I was like, who in the hell spent $305 out of my account? I picked up the phone and called Misty, and I said, where are the kids? Bring them home now. We were at church. He was like, bring the kids home. I'm like, I don't know what y'all did. But we going home? Something happened? One of y'all spent something on the Apple device. So... They knew. They were already, like, Blade was already crying. Then Paige was crying. She was like, <laughs> But I calmed down by the time they got home. No, he did not. <laughs> he did not. He, he the, like, I'm normally the one that is like, Paige, I will jump in the back seat, and we will go for it. I will take you out of this car and be, like, that's me, right? But Nick's not like that. So when he got that upset... They were scared. They're like, what's happening, Dad? He slammed his hand. He was, bah! It was the loudest slam. They were like, fear went through the house, you know? So, did they get a spanking? Blade ended up getting a spanking. Paige thought she was going to get one. She, she was crying she was for trouble. Blade. She was. She was terrified for him. So they came in the house like those, like the squirrels in the road right before you run over him. You got that fear in the eyes. <laughs> They're like, Ugh. <laughs> now what happens when you do that you know this is what you have to do if you over like okay he had a good point that was unacceptable right? <laughs> that was unacceptable blade never did that again blade no. to this day i don't think he's no he doesn't even like to, to this get day <laughs> even to this day he'll ask me permission before he spends anything <laughs> and i gotta like relax that a little bit son it's your money <laughs> Like, can I give this, Dad? Yes, son, <laughs> give. So, um, yeah, so when you overreact and you're in that moment and you're, like, just doing it out of frustration and whatever, you know, um, then you, what you have to do is you have to go back to your kids. Yep. This is it. you got to humble yourself, yourself. And you have to say. Listen, Dad was angry. I'm sorry I overreacted. But I was really mad because of what you did. Right? Yes. And so what you do is you come back to the place where you get into relationship and you apologize, dad, over, dad shouldn't have shouted at you that way, right? But I was mad in the moment. And kids need to see that. Yeah. When you make a mistake, you need to apologize to your children, mm -hmm. right? They need to see you model that. Because if you don't model that in the house, then when they've made a mistake, they're not going to apologize and repent for the things that they've done, yeah. right? Even us, if we're going through a yelling match or whatever, we haven't had very many of them. Um, but when, but we, when have we have them, we have a good one. It's you know, Mr. that's Mrs. like Smith. Mr. and it's Mrs. Smith. Wild. We're like rolling on the front lawn, you know, <laughs> going for it type thing. Yeah. So we have to then, we, we don't go back and be like, that was none of your business. This is between me and your dad. It's not how it works because they're in the household. So we go back to him and say, you know what? Mom and dad were wrong for the way we were talking to each other. That's not how we are supposed to treat each other. Because your kids feel everything that's going on in the house. They yeah. see what you're going through. They see how you treat one another. They see what's happening in your life. And that pressure and that weight comes upon your children. 
And as parents, you need to understand how it hurts the kids when they see mom and dad fight. Yeah. Because they love both of you. And we apologize and humble ourselves to each other in front of them. They seen us yelling at each other in front of them. Now it's public news. It needs to be public apology. That's just how I see it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to create a safe environment in your household where there's unity. And there is an understanding that when things go wrong or when you, your emotions get the best of you, that there's a correction that comes. There's an adjustment that you make. And that's very important to teach self-regulation. Right? Yeah, that's good. I grew up in a family where if you made me mad, we didn't talk to you for a week. Like in, on my dad's side of the family and in the Arab side of the family, like they were amazing at putting up a wall and shutting you out. Like mm -hmm. my dad and his sister, I mean, they got into fights sometimes where they didn't talk to each other for years, right? And they would harbor that judgment and that bitterness towards their, their siblings or whatever. It was something ridiculous. They got into a heated debate. They got into a fight about it. And then they ignore each other, right? And even with my mom and dad, they would have these things and they would both be angry and mad. They'd go to separate corners and then they wouldn't talk to each other but the tension in the house, well, the stress in the house was so thick you could cut it with a mm -hmm. knife, right? And that is not a good environment to raise kids in. That is a breeding ground for your kids to rebel. Yes. And they don't know which side to take. They don't know what they're supposed to do. You know, they're always defending one parent, you know? Yeah. You know, another thing is when you have parents fighting and not getting on in the household, what ends up happening is, in my situation, my mom would come to me and tell me all the bad things about my dad, and then my dad would come to me and tell me all the bad things about my mother. Mm, and that's a no-no. And that just, as a kid, you're stuck in the middle, and all you're hearing is the negative about each. And when I was old enough, I packed my things and I left home because I didn't want to live in that environment anymore. Mm. But when I left the house, I left the house not knowing who I was, what I wanted to do, I left the, the house bitter and angry at my parents, and that got me into a world of trouble. Yeah, and if you're in a situation where, you know, you're divorced and you've got the child and the husband and you guys aren't on the same, you know, mom and dad are not on the same page, you as the parent, you can choose to live the godly lifestyle. You can choose to love your child unconditionally. You can choose to show your child how to love their other parent when they're not around and do what's right and honor and bring that and at the end of the day, they're going to walk away with that. Amen? Because that's where the freedom's going to come into play. They're going to be like, okay, well, you know, I know that your dad's not doing this or your mom's not doing this, and they should be, but, you know, they can only give you what they know. You have to start. You can you pray. Have, you you have together to, can yeah, pray for this. Let's pray for him let's, or her, or let's take hands and let's, let's agree that change is going to happen. You can bring life change. You can speak the word. You can start living in the word, and you can help them change too. You know how many parents I've seen got sa gotten saved by their children coming here? Amen. Children have come home and saying, God is changing my life. And then the parents are like, God's changing my child's life. i got to come see what's happening over here. Because, you know, something's happening in my child. Why are they coming home and wanting to do their chores? That's so <laughs> weird. You know? It's like a miracle. You know, they want to come see this miracle place because their children are acting different. So... You have to train your children to keep their heart clean no matter what. Yeah. 
because this is this where your heart is is where determines the course of the your course life. of your life because whatever's in your heart comes out of your mouth whatever starts coming out of your mouth determines what you're going to do because faith speaks and you can either speak great or you can speak negative and whatever you're speaking is what you're going to attract is what you're going to do when you start doing things repetitively it builds habits in your life and habits determine your character and it determines which way you go in life so you have to teach your kids above all things to keep this even if the other parent you don't feel is doing what they're supposed to do they got to keep this clean that's the best thing I could have ever taught my kids is to keep their hearts clean man friends and, and come always bringing and go. it back to them what was your you know, many times people come to you and they say, well, this person is doing this or that person is doing that. And my kids would come saying this happened or that mm -hmm. happened. And then you say, well, what was your part? Because at the end of the day, mm. you have to be responsible for your actions, your words and what you have done. Yeah. You know, one of the one of the frustrating things that we see happen in in our childcare centers is when you speak to a parent and you say to the parent, your child has been misbehaving. They've done this and they've done that. And then the parent takes the side of the child to rebel against the authority, right? And we, we have to raise our children to respect authority. Because mm -hmm. if they don't respect authority at home, they're not going to respect the laws of the land. They're not going to respect anything or anyone, right? And so we're going to get into that next week. Yes. Right? But um, today we're talking to you as parents and as grandparents that you have a responsibility before God to raise godly children. Yes. And from this day forward, we're going to do better. Yes. Can you say amen? And a few things that I want to uh, touch on is the influence. We talked a lot about you as the parents being the influence today. You know, but there's so many other areas that are an influence in your child's life. And you have to decide in that moment, is this a godly influence or is this not a godly influence? Now, up through the age of high school, I homeschooled our kids because I didn't want them to have uh, the school influence because I knew they weren't strong enough to do it by themselves. You know if your kids are strong enough to withstand the temptation peer and peer pressure of life, right? So I homeschooled my kids for that reason because I knew, like, Paige would be telling her teacher off, you know? I'm like, you know, I got to watch that girl, you know? So um, I did that. But in high school, I was like, all right, I'm going to give you the choice. And already, you know, even though I allowed her, I'm allowing her in a public high school, there's an influence there. You know? Now I have to talk to her daily because it's her salvation walk. Now it's not mine. She's old enough. She needs to walk it out by herself. You know? But school is a very big influence in your kids' lives. All the kids and all their households and what their households do and where they're at is an influence. Now, if they're in a godly school, you're still going to have influence that come from different, different households. Just because your kids go to a Christian school doesn't mean that people that are living in those homes are Christians. Yes, exactly. Everybody wears the Christian label, but they don't necessarily live the life. Exactly. But if we have godly people overseeing the children, then we can gear them in the right direction and we can bring life change to them as a whole when they're in a Christian godly environment in their schooling. School's a big influence. It, it really determines a lot of, you know, What's your, really, what your kids get exposed to. What I realized, you know, when we started the child care center, you know, Misty, Misty and I did children's ministry and we did youth ministry for many years, right? But we only had access to children on a Wednesday night and on a Sunday morning, right? So you have two hours on a Sunday, two hours on a Wednesday. 
but throughout the week, they've got eight hours or seven hours at school, whatever it is. Then they've got all their friends, and then they've got all the social media stuff. They've got television. They've got... So you've got two hours to try and influence them in the right direction when everybody else has got massive time to influence them, right? And I didn't feel like we were making the impact that we wanted to see happen in the lives of children. So when the Lord gave us, you know, gave us the vision to start the church and the youth development centers, I realized that the environment that the kids are under all day, it infuses into them, right? More than what you say, more than what you do, the structure, the peace. You've got people praying. You're praying over your food. You're praying before you start the class. We are making sure that we're raising kids that are patriotic, the Pledge of Allegiance, right? We're doing certain things in our schooling to put values in our children that don't necessarily get put in them in other places. And the God foundation is something that has to be a constant that is poured into them. And as families, you need to make sure that you are putting your kids in an environment that agrees with the principles you believe in. Yes, that's good. That's good. Because you need to partner with people to put the right influences in your children. For example, Pastor Chris, who's the youth pastor here, you know, I spent, Misty and I spent many hours pouring into him. Yes. And we've had to correct him, and we've had to teach him and raise him in the things of God, right? When he came to the church here eight years ago, he was living in the world. He came in, he encountered the Lord, the Lord gave him a vision, showed him things, and we've worked with him over the years. And he's grown into a young man that loves God, that God is moving through, God is doing great things through him. Yes. Now he is taking my son and my daughter under his wing, and I know what I put into him, and I know what he's putting into my kids. Mm. So the influences yeah. that are in your children's life is very important. Yes. Because you want to make sure that they're not conflicting values. Yes. And Chris has a lot of influence in my son's life because of the age. Just like Blade and Paige now in kids' ministry, they have influence in those younger children because they look up to them. Mm -hmm. So I can say something to my son, and then Chris confirms it, which establishes things, that this is the right way to go. And so influence is very important. Proverbs yes. chapter 13, verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble. That's even on, over your own life. Like we're teaching you things about your kids. But this goes for all of us, if you think about it. Friends. Friends are a huge influence over your kids' lives. And, you know, you have to be careful on who they're associating with and what's happening. And you have to, un you have to know when you have to pull them back away. You know, if they're constantly getting into turmoil and drama and not liking this one and liking that one and blah, blah, blah. Or they want to go do that and do things that are, you know is going to bring a, a life of destruction for your kids. You have to say, mm, that one's not a good one for you. Because it's you guys together. And now, this is the thing. You don't blame the other child. You say, you guys together don't make good choices. Not that other child is a bad influence. Yeah, not because he's doing it. Your, choose, your child chooses to do it. They have to take responsibility for themselves. But you are making bad choices together with them. You guys aren't deciding to make good choices together. So I think we need to, we need to step back on allowing you guys to hang out so much. You know, that's how you have to do it. You have to be careful of the homes your kids sleep in. Sleepovers. Everybody wants to have sleepovers. You got to be careful on whose home. You don't know. If you don't know the household, if you don't know what's happening in that household. You don't you know the parents. You don't know the parent. Do play dates. Yeah. 
Don't let your kids. Get to know the parent first before you're just allowing sleepovers. Amen? And what's happening in their household, not just them, but their significant other as well. You want to make sure that this parent could be great, but their significant other could be a drunk. You don't want your kids exposed to that. Things happen when things happen like that, you know? Um, the activities you put your children in, they're an influence. Why do I say that? Because there's people that lead the children. So if the cheerleading coach believes in things that you don't believe in, and they're going to speak that because now they're cool, they're the cool person, they're going to have influence over your child. So you have to be careful on who has influence over your kids. Fifth thing that I put down that has influence is media. Come on now. The media has influence over you. The media has influence over everybody. We watch everything on the TV. That's what we start to believe. Amen? In shows, in movies, in news, in TikTok, in everything. You know? I just want to say this. Everything you see on TV and everything you read on the internet isn't true. <laughs> just because it's posted in a blog doesn't mean that it's true. Yeah. Right? And there's so much out there that is misinformation. And the last thing that you want to do is get caught up in somebody else's fight. Mm. And Facebook is fight book. <laughs> you can't post an opinion without getting beaten. You can't share something from your heart without somebody finding fault in it. Right? And so I want to encourage you to be careful even what you expose yourself to and how much of your life you share through social media. Right? And guard your heart, protect your heart, protect your family. Don't allow things that are being stirred up in the world system to come and stir chaos in your household. Mm. Right? There's so many movements that are springing up and happening that are going in all kinds of directions. And we're not living according to the cultures of this world system. We're supposed to be raised up in the culture of heaven. Right? Mm -hmm. The way you bring change to people is not through fighting. And we have an opportunity to raise our kids up and send them as arrows into the world to make an impact in future generations. Yeah, and, and they're going to come to you. And the influences that they're exposed to. Now, Missy and I are not trying to protect our kids from everything. Mm -mm. But there was a season where we had to protect our kids to put our values in them. Yes. Now we're exposing them to the world around them, and we're teaching them, we're walking with them, on how to make choices when they're faced with certain things mm -hmm. that conflict with what they believe. Yes. And this is part of parenting. It's working with your children, not just trying to protect them from things, because when they face it by themselves in the real world, how are they going to overcome those things? Yeah. Right? And so, Missy and I have been very blessed in how uh, we've raised our children. I didn't exactly come from, you know, the perfect family. And to see what God has done through us and through our children is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and they haven't all made perfect choices. Right. It's not how it is. We love them through the choices that they make. But at the same time, we give them the truth of what the word says. You know, we've got older ones now, which are, you know, almost 17 and 18 years old. And at this point, I can't babysit everything they do. I give them just enough rope, but not enough to hang themselves. You know? And you'll know because in your spirit. Because they have to start making some choices by themselves. Ryzen, I got, I got her on a tightrope right now. You know what I mean? But as she gets older, you have to let that rope out a little bit because they have to start walking the things out that you've taught them. And through their mistakes, you have to pick them up and say, okay, come on. Let's go back to what the Word of God says. 
You know, then they start repenting on themselves. They're like, Mom, I did this. I, I repented to Jesus. I'm like, okay. You know, you know what's amazing to me is this morning, uh, just like even this morning, Paige is teaching in kids' church today, right? So Paige has got her Bible open. She's got her cup of tea, and she's got her worship playing, and she's, you know, she's asking me questions. Dad, I'm going to read this scripture. And then I'm sharing things with her. Then Misty walks in. What are you guys talking about? So then we share what we're talking about, and then Misty gives her input, and then Selena walks into the kitchen, and then she's like, what are, what are you, oh, that's good, you know? <laughs> so what's amazing is that here she is, she's getting ready to teach kids ministry, she's preparing a heart. All week she's been asking me questions and stuff. The same thing with my son, right? So you putting your kids in this environment and getting them involved in kids' church and being a member of the church and then being part of the, the team your kids are going to grow up in a godly environment that's going to have a major influence and impact on them. You guys know, right? How many of you in this place know that your kids are being impacted in this ministry and through Club Pure, right? And, and, and it, is, it is amazing. You're going to watch them grow into who they are in God. Yes. And they're going to do great things for God. Yes. Train up a child in the, in the way they shall go and they shall not depart from it. Even in the middle of them making a bad choice, they shall not depart from it. They'll always come back to the truth. Amen? Amen. So let's stand this morning. We're going to pray. I hope you got something out of today. And if you don't have kids yet, you know, you're light years ahead. Yes. In raising your children, we want to make a commitment before God that we're ready to move forward in this area. If you're ready to move forward in this area and be a better parent, be a better grandparent, or you're here today and you're not married yet, you don't have kids, and you're going to make a commitment that you're going to raise your children God's way, I want you to just throw your right hand in the air and say, yep, that's me. I'm ready. And we're going to pray now. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, I stand before you today, and I understand the responsibility of raising godly children. And Heavenly Father, I make the decision that I'm going to do better from this day forward. I ask you to forgive me for any of my old ways. And I ask you, Lord, to help me, teach me, lead me, and guide me. Show me how to be a better parent. Show me how to be a better spouse. Let's do this too. You know, a lot of this comes from how we were raised growing up. We know only what our parents have taught us. And sometimes there's uh, situations where we're angry with our parents or we have bitterness towards our parents, mom or dad. Let's forgive our mother and father for the things that they did wrong in our lives. Can we do that today? If you feel that this is you and it pertains to you and you've got some judgment towards your parents or hurt or disappointment towards them, let's forgive them and release them. Can we do that? Because we're expecting our kids to forgive us for the things that we've done. But if we're holding our parents in judgment for how they raised us, how are we going to see breakthrough in our kids' lives and in our families? Can you say amen? amen? So pray this with me if this pertains to you. Say, Heavenly Father... I thank you for my parents. They did the best that they could do. And I thank you for my parents. And I bless my parents now. 
And Lord, I choose to forgive them for the things they did, for the things they said, for the things they didn't do that I wish they would have done. And I want you to get real personal between you and the Lord right now, right where you're standing. And if there's something that has really hurt you that your parents have done, make a decision to release that now to the Lord. Just get real personal with God and say, I'm, I'm forgiving my dad for whatever your father has done. I'm forgiving my mom for whatever your mother did. And just take a moment before God today and get this straightened out. Even if your parents are not alive, you're still carrying that bitterness and that judgment in your heart. And that is a block. Now, Father, as we're forgiving our mom and dad, as we're releasing them, Father, I ask right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would heal their hearts. Father, every, every word spoken against them, if they were torn down, if their spirits were crushed and broken, yes. if they were rejected, if they felt rejected yes. or hurt, abandoned, yes. promises broken. Father, now in the name of Jesus, I break this assignment. And Father, I thank you for, for healing now in the heart. Father, I ask that you would wash their minds, that you would wash the words away, you'd wash those hurts away, and that you'd bring restoration. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for joy now, Father. Flooding their hearts and peace flooding their hearts. In Jesus' name. Father, the parents here that may feel like they don't know what they're doing in raising their children. They, they just don't feel like they're capable, God. Father, I pray that you would give them strength today. Yes. I pray that you would give them wisdom today. And I encourage you as a parent that's feeling that way, read the book of Proverbs. Yes. Talk to people like people who you see their families and you're like, yes. you know, I wish my, my family were like that. You know, I, I saw a family that I, I was like, I want my family to be like this. And I connected with those people and seeing how they ran their households and getting to know them gave me a different picture of what family was all about. And we're here. There's families here. They're not perfect, but they've got some things together and you can learn from them. I encourage you to associate with people that are going to help you in that area if you need help in that area. Can you say amen? I encourage you to read your Bible, look up scriptures, read the book of Proverbs, and put things into yourself that are going to help you change yes. in how you do things. If you need wisdom on how to correct your children or to see certain circumstances turned around, then talk to people who've got kids that, that are grown and through the house because they can share some truths with you that will help you in this area. Can you say amen? amen? If you're in this place and your kids have hurt you, your, your kids have done things to break your heart. We want to pray with you today. Yes. Just lift your hands and say this. Say, Heavenly Father, my kids have broken my heart. And I forgive them. I ask you to heal me, God. Heal my heart. Father, every disappointment that moms have or dads have. Yes. Father, I ask that you would heal that in their hearts today. Yes, Lord. 
And Father, where relationships are broken between fathers and sons and daughters and mothers and sons and daughters, Father, I ask that you would do a miracle in their lives and that you would bring reconnection, God. Father, that by your spirit and by your grace, where the enemy has divided families and homes, I pray for a spirit of restoration to come upon their homes, Lord God. Father, as we're humbling our hearts, as we're making the changes in us, I thank you that you're turning our hearts, the hearts of our children, back to the fathers, back to the mothers, God. And Father, we speak restoration in households. We speak restoration in marriage relationships, God. Even where there have been divorces and, and horrible separations, God. I ask that you would even bring peace to those relationships, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the families in this church. We thank you for those watching this online today, God. And Father, we ask that your hand of protection would be upon them. We ask that you would favor them, God. We ask that you would bless them. In the mighty name of Jesus. anything you want to pray about? No. Everything good? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you, Lord, thank for you, every, every parent in this place, Father. I just thank you, Lord, that they are capable, that yes. they see themselves in a different light, Father. I yeah. just thank you, Lord, that all, we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us, Father. Yeah. And, Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that you are strengthening every family in this place, Father. I thank you, Lord, that the things that they don't think that it's possible through them, that you in them makes things possible, Father. Yes, and I thank you, Lord, that they stop trusting in their own ability, Lord, but they start trusting in you, Father. They put all their trust, all their wisdom, all their abilities in you, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that they are going to sharpen the arrowheads of these kids, that they are going to pierce, make an impact in this world, and they are going to pierce this world. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. You say amen. Amen. I'm just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me too. What's up with the family?